This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, September 18th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. Urban planners design our cities, but they often use that power to attempt to control how we live. So says Cato Institute senior fellow Randall O'Toole in his new book, The Best Laid Plans, How Government Planning Harms Your Quality of Life, Your Pocketbook, and Your Future. The book is released today. What is the intent of zoning? Well, originally, when zoning was first conceived in the early, 19, early 20th century, zoning was supposed to protect neighborhoods from unwanted intrusions. If you lived in a neighborhood of single-family homes, you didn't really want to have a factory or an apartment building or even a grocery store in your neighborhood uh, because that would increase traffic and, and perhaps pollution and, and bring down the value of your homes. So zoning was kind of a way of saying, uh, this neighborhood is going to stay a single-family neighborhood. However, over time, and particularly after the 1970s, zoning morphed into, let's use zoning to bring down the value of other people's property in a way that will enhance our property. Let's use zoning to say that rural people can't develop their land so that urban people can look at that rural land and say, oh, what a nice landscape, and not have to see a house or a a factory or a store in in the landscape. And so it became a way of taking away people's property values, whereas the original kind of zoning was kind of to enhance property values. What type of checks are built into zoning processes that allow people to recover the losses that they might experience in their property? Well, really none. Uh, the Supreme Court has approved just about any kind of zoning imaginable no matter how restrictive, no matter how much it takes away the value of people's property. And uh, some states have appeal processes that allow people who object to the zoning that their land has been placed under uh, to uh, challenge it. But those same appeal processes can be used by any citizen in those states, and I'm thinking of states like Oregon and California, to challenge uh, any planning decision made by uh, uh, a planning agency on anybody's land. So if you want to put a house on your land, and I think it would be your land would be nicer to be just left natural, I can appeal the decision and delay uh, your ability to build that house and, and perhaps even stop it. So the checks and balances are all in the direction of stopping and delaying development, not in allowing it to take place. Now, one of the chapters of your book, I believe, is entitled Planning is Not Necessary. Most of the things that we try to plan for or zone for uh, could actually be solved uh, better using user fees or incentives or, or some kind of market mechanism. Um, we say we have to, to have planning and zoning to protect neighborhoods, but there's plenty of neighborhoods and cities that have no zoning at all that use protective covenants instead of zoning to protect those neighborhoods from unwanted intrusions. We say we need to have planning to re reduce pollution, but in fact the best way that we've found to reduce pollution is to reduce it at the smokestack or the tailpipe, not by using planning that attempts to change people's behavior so that they'll pollute less. So there are much better ways of solving the problems that planning is meant to address, uh, and those ways tend to be less expensive and uh, more successful. To what extent does urban planning and zoning corrupt governments? Well, I think when you give somebody a lot of power to do something, you 
create an incentive for other people to try to manipulate that power for their own behalf, for their own benefit. And so we're seeing in many cities um, uh, a new planning trend which says that high-density development is a good idea and low-density development is bad. In other words, ordinary suburbs of single-family homes are bad and apartments and condos are good. And so we're seeing the companies that know how to build apartments and condos are manipulating that process so that they can get subsidies and preferential treatment in in accomplishing what they want to do, uh, whereas the people and companies who want to build single-family homes are given uh, all kinds of obstacles in their way so that they can't do uh, what they want to do, even though the market shows that most Americans would rather live in single-family homes than in condos or apartments. In 1927, a developer challenged one of the early zoning ordinances saying that he wanted to build a factory in a neighborhood of single-family homes, and the zoning prevented him from doing that, and so he lost value. And, this, and the, the city that applied the zoning said, we need this to protect uh, the, the character of our neighborhood. And the Supreme Court didn't buy it. They said, you don't have a right to take away other people's, the value of other people's land to protect the character of your neighborhood. But an intervener uh, said that zoning was important to control nuisances. And if you had a factory there, it would cause pollution and traffic. It would be a nuisance to everyone else. And so zoning is merely a police power of the state to control nuisances. And the Supreme Court went along with that. And so in 1926, zoning was approved by the Supreme Court to control nuisances. But in the last few decades, particularly since 1965, actually 1978, the Supreme Court has gone back to saying, okay, we'll allow zoning to protect the character of a neighborhood. We'll allow zoning to protect what other people think about your land. If you own a piece of land that has uh, an old building on it and the building is worthless to you, but somebody calls it historic, well, you can, you can be ordered that you can't tear it down. You can't do anything with it because it's historic. And somebody else wants to benefit from your having an historic building on your property. That really is a taking, and in many cases, these kinds of takings can take 80 to 90% of the value of people's properties without any compensation, and the Supreme Court is letting that happen. I think we need to get the Supreme Court back to recognize that the Fifth Amendment, which says you can only take property for public uses with compensation, means that you can't regulate the value away from property uh, without compensation. Randall O'Toole is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. His new book, released today, is entitled The Best Laid Plans, How Government Planning Harms Your Quality of Life, Your Pocketbook, and Your Future. The book is available at our website, cato.org.